You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome into an interview edition of Kindred Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, John. We have our first interview of 2023. I want to welcome Tara McKeown from the Washington Spirit. Tara, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's great. We this is that we uh we decided to get started a little bit earlier. We're in the middle of uh of preseason, not even not preseason. We're in the middle of the off season, but the Spirit are warming up, making making some free agent signings, coach signings. We figure it's time to get started. We had a the podcast took about a month off, which is the longest we've taken off in four years. So raring to go. Anyway, Tara, thank you again. Yeah. Let's get started. Uh, prolific career you have. We'll, we'll, we always start at the start. Prolific career at, at USC. 33 goals, 28 assists in 76 matches. Um, and how we got introduced to you, obviously, after the draft is you had a sudden jump to the professional game. Finishing your college career, I think, on April 30th and then going to practice cross country a week later as a professional. Looking back, what do you remember about that week of time? That sort of, I'm, I have been drafted. My college season is over. I am now practicing as a professional soccer player. What was what was happening for you? Um, it was all like surreal and like just pretty much my dreams came true and like within a week. So going from USC, which I love my time there and like all my teammates there to just being the new kid on the block again with spirit, it was definitely like nerve wracking at first. But once I started getting in with the team and practicing I feel like that's when I just like fit into the family and enjoyed my time there from the beginning. You had said in an interview before uh, with the post before you left USC that you hadn't lived anywhere else other than like an hour away from your family, which I guess is common for a kid in college. But lo- looking back on that now, you've been you've, you've had a chance to move out here. I know your sister was at the time at the at the, the Naval Academy. Uh, what's that been like for you? It's, it's the first couple years away from home are always sort of a real chance to grow as a as a person and an adult and doing everything on your own, what's that been like for you? Um, it's been really fun. Actually, I enjoyed my experience. Um, moving to the East coast definitely was a huge change, but having my sister there, she was only an hour away from me. So we were able to see each other a lot. So it was like having family there still, but also being on my own and like girls on the team who I grew up with playing. Now we're on the same team far away from our family. So I feel like we were able to connect like that and I enjoy it. So the, the how big of a, kind of sucks, but other than that, right. How, how big of an advantage is it really to have somebody that you're like someone that you grew up playing with on the team, particularly as a rookie. So I, you would assume that would be really helpful for you. It would help you sort of like get to know the other girls on the team by having them as sort of a go between. Was it really, really helpful for Ashley to be on the team? And I know you knew Natalie at the time too. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Ashley and I, we grew up playing to, like against each other, with each other since like we have a picture playing against each other when we were like probably eight years old. So just growing up with her and then finally like moving out there and starting my professional career, I think having her there helped me a lot. And obviously Natalie too, because we were at USC together. Having someone on the team like that, just I feel like it makes people feel more comfortable because they at least know someone. So having both of them and Ashley there was amazing. You got like a drill partner right off the bat. Yeah. Like you don't have to be, like, <laughs> you don't have, have to introduce yourself. For someone during training. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you and a lot, I mean, this is the case of all the rookies that started around your time. You've had a tumultuous environment so far in your career. I think that's obvious. I think you can also, so the, 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 uh, the silver lining way to look at that is, 
it's going to be easier from now on. There's mm-hmm. as far as far as that goes, it's <laughs> undoubtedly going to be easier. You have been to the mountaintop. Um, how did that chaos affect you personally as a rookie and a young player, sort of trying to find your way in the professional ranks? You know, I think I'll, I'll think alone just with coaching changes, trying to figure out what are they what are they expecting of you. What do I need to do to get on the field? What do I need to stay? How the tactics are changing? How hard is that as a young player to just like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to every week is an adventure and I'll figure it out as I go along. Yeah, exactly. Like I just tried to take each day as like a new one and just like implement what the coaches wanted me to do. And that's all I could really do at the time. That's like going into that environment was like, I didn't know any difference. So it wasn't like, Oh, this is like really bad. It was like that that's what the environment we were in. So just taking each day as a new day and like trying to prove myself each day, that's all I could do. And I feel like it got easier as time went on and like the girls, we all just came together. So it was definitely different than my time at USC, but I still enjoyed it and I still enjoyed the team and being out there. So do you feel like you still grew a lot as a player in that time period, even though you had sort of both the off the field stuff that was probably not the way you'd assume it or want it to be, but also just different coaches seeing you in different ways. Do you feel like you got something from every point in that, in that journey? Yeah. I feel like no matter what your journey is like, it's not going to be just smooth all the time. So having little bumps in the roads, I think it, the adversity helps you grow as a player, no matter like, if it's on the field stuff or off the field, like just putting that aside and trying to grow your game each day. That's all I could really do. I was listening to an interview you did uh, at USC. I think I might, it might've been in your junior year where you had started off earlier in your career playing in the midfield, playing defense, just sort of Swiss army knifing it, sort of doing the Anna Helferty move from, from her time here, just wherever they put you on the field, you just succeed or try. Um, And I would say, at least from our perspective, soccer analytics are sort of in their early stages of like applicability. They sometimes they don't tell the whole story, but if we look at yours uh, over the last year, it tells kind of an interesting story. First of all, it says you're highly comparable to Bethany Balser, which is good company. So if that's, that's a, that's where you want to be, I think after a a rookie of the year, Um, it also says you're one of the, one of the better defensive forwards in the league, which I think is interesting. Your tops and interceptions blocks, clearances for forwards. Um, Is that a part of your game that you're, you know, aware of or proud of and sort of get, you know, whether it be pressing, whether it be sort of being that sort of blow off foul with the defense to, to help potentially make a turnover in the, in the, in the opposing third and, and get an opportunity for you or your teammates. Yeah. I mean, I always pride myself on like working hard and defending on and off the ball. So, and being a forward, if you win the ball higher then you have a more of a chance to score. So that's what, I like was basically taught at USC and at USC it was like defending comes first so we would always do defending drills and work on defending at least like two times during the week or throughout practice so like getting that mindset coming into the professional game I always just knew that if I'm a good defender then I could also like do other things on the field so no matter what position you're in I feel like defending is a key part of the game. Do you think that positional versatility at the start of your career at college made it even better? So granted, everybody was putting that work in just because it was the college sort of, it was the mentality there. But do you think that 
you feel more comfortable in those situations because you have game reps at a, at a pretty high level sort of in that, on that part of the field? And yeah, doing that I work. feel like that's obviously helped me throughout my career. I've been able to play everywhere. So having the understanding of like each position and how to help the other positions, like if I'm playing outside forward, how to help our outside backs and like defending because I knew when I was a freshman, I wanted the forward to like help me cut off the angles and stuff to their mm-hmm. forwards. So just understanding that, I think it really helps me going forward. Teammates love uh, a forward that works. I think, I think that's a pretty standard thing. That's the best way to make friends on the team is, is putting in the work when it's not just scoring yeah. goals up front. Um, I always think it's interesting to ask players how they feel about their coaches like perception of how they play and i think it's easier when that coach is no longer the coach Mm -hmm. so in press availability last year i remember asking questions about this chris ward he said a lot about you'd find yourself in dangerous situations but sometimes would maybe think to pass instead of shoot or and they thought it was just a matter of developing sort of that that confidence sort of but also instinct like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna take my chance here even if it's a half a chance it's gonna be me Mm-hmm. Um, and from my perspective too, in the back half of the season, I think you got that. I think, I think I saw that a lot more. Do you see it similarly sort of the way it was described or, or is it maybe, maybe different on the inside of how you feel about how the year went? Um, yeah, I do. And I feel like it kind of started my rookie year when I, f- I think it had a lot to do. Cause at USD, I was like the one who was just mm-hmm. shooting. Like if I was in front of the goal, I wasn't looking to pass. It was like right. shoot first, <laughs> pass second. But when I got to Spirit, um, I feel like it probably in my end had a a little bit to do with confidence and like being the new kid on the block. I didn't want to have other people be like mad at me for shooting a chance that I could have probably passed. So developing my confidence over the last two years and especially the end of the last season, I like kind of just got back to myself and figured out like I deserve to be here too. And I deserve to shoot this ball because I know like there's not a second thought in other people's mind about shooting. So I think I just got to that mindset and that like kind of helped my confidence grow. It's a, it's a hard thing to rush confidence, right? Particularly as a, mm-hmm. as a goal scorer, like that'll come when I score goals and until I score goals, confident, yeah. I'm going to have to just invent it. The good thing I think for it from you is that I, you know, you always look at forwards that are really demonstrative when, someone else takes a shot and misses mm-hmm. Ashley Hatch doesn't really seem that way. I feel, I feel like you've got, you've got at least on your team and maybe, maybe, you know, in, in quieter moments, <laughs> not on the field. That's more like, Hey, I was probably, but it seems yeah. like, it seems like it's a pretty, it's not really like that as a, as a team. seems like it's very much like score the goal, man, whoever scores. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. I think our team is really good at that because we all know, like we want to take the chances, but I think it just comes down to like me individually just right. growing my own confidence. Probably harder in a golden boot year where actually mm-hmm. is, is is like one or two, like, all right, all right, I got it. That's probably in the back of my mind a little yeah. bit. I don't know. What <laughs> moment on the field stood out for you most in the rookie year? And I imagine winning the penalty in the final was probably pretty high up there. But do you remember, is it that one or is there another one that, that sort of rings in your head? Um, well, I feel like it was the whole championship game, basically just being able to start and play in my first championship game. I think that was like the best thing. And then obviously drawing the PK, which just helped our team get more confidence going into the later half of the game. So I think that just was probably the best moment, obviously, and winning. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's, that's always fun. Um, 
last last year obviously a lot tougher to go through i think again like i was talking about before you've been you have been to the mountaintop of mm-hmm. of of suffering so it's you're you're in a good spot to to improve like you're, it's going to be kind of clear sailing what you know it's probably hard to draw a lot you the back end of the season was good for you i think personally i think from a statistic perspective you got a lot of time in the field um and you improve as you said your confidence grew um was there a moment last year i think was the no uh you guys won you scored at segra uh and won the game and i think that's the last time that the spirit won at segra and it was in 2021 i'm not sure i went i went back and tried to i think that's the case but is there anything last year that really even in a year of (laughs) overall Um, suffering uh well there's like moments because since i was injured like the first half of the season Mm -hmm. being able to play at least 45 minutes in san diego i think that was what really like started my confidence to play the rest of the season and playing in front of my family and the day after my birthday i think that was like a real even though we lost (laughs) it was like fun to finally get back on the field and play with my friends and yeah and then it, it was a rough season, but we took like each game trying to just be better than the last one. So I think that's all we could really do. The injury was a foot injury, correct? Is it was a lower body injury? Was it uh, like a broken bone or a ligament or what was the uh, issue was you were dealing with? It was a stress fracture on my right foot. So I was in a boot for a few months. And those are frustrating too, because you kind of just have to wait it out, right? There's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Perspective. <laughs> That's the worst. That is that is unfortunate. I have a question too. I have a couple questions from uh, listeners, and one I think is relevant to this. Jose Umania uh, covers the team. Said he only has one question: What's with the cast, and is it off now? And is this a? Is this a <laughs> so the, yes. so the, yeah. Well, oh, look there you go. Uh, audio, I, audio listeners. Uh, if you are not <laughs> watching, she has she has a castless hand and wrist. The cast is gone. I got surgery after season, so now I'm just working on range of motion. And strength back in the hand. Something that happened on the field. I saw the I saw the big heavy cast you were, were sporting at the end of the season. Was it? Yeah, I wore the cast for like the last month of season, so I was able to play, and then waited till after season to get surgery. How was your off season, Ben? Are you coming in? Obviously, your your wrist is good. Are you coming in feeling pretty injury free, ready to roll? Um, yeah, I'm trying to. I still have some foot injuries from before so it's like kind of the same thing that happened in the beginning of the season is happening now so we're trying to figure that out and obviously I can't really lift as heavy as I would with my hands so just going through trying to get all these settled before I get out for preseason sure yeah well good luck with that that's I know particularly I'm sure it's vexing when it's something that's not like a break or a tear or something that's like, okay, well, X amount of time and then it'll be better. But so good yeah, luck with exactly. that. Um, I know we talked about before who you knew before you joined and how that was helpful. Have there been any particular players either who are still here or have left in this off season who were, have been mentors for you on or off the field, trying to help you help you gain that confidence yourself as you're uh, coming into the team? Yeah. I think the biggest ones are pretty obvious, Kelly and Sonnet. Like they were it watching them on the field during training and during games, the professionalism that they bring is like something that I now like pride myself on doing. Also, you see them like how they interact with people on the field, off the field, and just 
I really look up to them and how they are able to like bring the team together. And another like surprising friend who I met this last year was Gabby because we were both injured for the whole like basically same time. So being in that injured reserve squad together, it's hard to be in that squad, but being in there with someone who's like-minded and like we get after it every day, that's, so I'm like pretty sad she's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, and they get it right because they're going through it. So yeah, it's a lot. Exactly. They, you can uh, they can they can understand you a lot better than the players who unfortunately are playing every week at week out. It's probably that's always whenever I talk to players who go through injury that they say that the toughest part is about sometimes you feel guilty that you can't contribute on the field. Sometimes like it feels like a little bit of distance between your teammates because you're going through different things, and particularly when it's not an injury that you know you can say for sure when you're going to come back it's always i, I always think that's yeah. a very interesting sort of dynamic that people that don't necessarily think about that where they just see a player that's out and yeah, they forget about them and they're not yeah. thinking that all along the time they are there they are trying to get better their training and all those things yeah speaking exactly. speaking of the injured reserve squad uh the spirit have hired or are in the process of hiring like seven thousand people and a lot mm-hmm. of them are on a lot of them are on that strength and training conditioning uh the mental health, there's mental health sports, sports psychology, all these positions, uh, as a player, I think the answer to this is obvious, but what does it feel like to be on a team where ownership is investing so heavily in the things that you need to stay healthy, stay on the field and come back quickly when you are not able to play? I mean, yeah, that's like obviously the biggest thing because everyone wants to be out on the field. So having this support staff that they're all hiring and like Michelle and Mark are doing an amazing job, like trying to build a professional environment for us, which I think is huge, like coming in the NWSL because we haven't really had that in the past. So it just finally takes like, it feels like our team is being taken seriously. And that's like, thanks to Mark and Michelle and everyone who they're hiring. And I feel like with everyone in the NWSL seeing our team go through this, hopefully that encourages like them to step up their support staff and like actually treat us like, professional athletes basically yeah it's i would say it's it's cool for me on the outside to see all like in all parts of the organization right obviously you're most concerned about the on the field the parts that you're directly interfacing but the 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 front office is filling out marketing mm-hmm. and sales it's all it's all the stuff that you need to really be a a, a, f- a factor in the conversation sort of beyond where you are so i think that's great speaking of that if mm-hmm. you had to rate your excitement about all the games at audi field from happy to unbelievably ecstatic where would you land on that spectrum? Probably above unbelievably ecstatic. <laughs> I bet that's so. I think that, I think that is the, I said that when the news came out, I was like the worst kept secret uh, in the entire universe is how much these players are very excited to never have to play on that turf on that field again. Yeah. You're obviously out there practicing at the, at the facility, but that's on natural grass. Mm-hmm. You're, you have locker rooms that are not yeah. converted, uh, <laughs> converted, uh, whatever they are, storage containers. Storage containers. I mean, yeah. it's cool. It's very, it's very boho, but, uh, <laughs> it's very nice to have permanent facilities. I bet. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, we're pretty much cursed on Segra. So yep. <laughs> I'm glad we're gone from there. L- listen, I loved covering games from the table and under the tent, but by, by the end line, but you know, it's, I think it's better for everybody that we've moved on. It's, it's great. Yeah. I think that's, and it's going to help so much sort of. Uh, I always thought it was interesting when they would do league-wide uh, attendance numbers, mm-hmm. and 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 Segar would just tank the average, and they would they would put the spirit in there twice because it was so I get so messed up the yeah. the math. Are do you do you live? Uh, are you one of the players that sort of like I'm going to live close to where I train, or are you like I'm going to live? Are, are you did that? 
Yeah, I live close okay. to where we train because that's where we go every day. So I feel like it makes more sense. It is the smart thing to do. I remember when uh, Ernan came for DC United, he moved to Ar- uh, Arlington and DC. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, guys, ev- think about think about this. Like, I'm telling you how far it is. Yeah. And traffic is not a joke, but, you know, what are they, you're going to do? Pretty clean. Yeah. Someone coming in from Europe, they're like, I'm going to live where exactly? No, I'm going to live in DC. I'm going to live where I have heard of. Hey, yeah. suit yourself. Suit yourself. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Tara, thank you so much for answering all these questions. I, you know, I know that you're 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 working on your recovery for this off season. Uh, do you have any targets for 2023? Obviously, probably health is probably is first and foremost in building on last year. Is that right? Yeah, both. Um, hopefully, stay healthy throughout the whole season. That's why I'm working so hard in the off season to get myself to that point. And hopefully, as a team, we just do better than last season. That's all we can really ask for. You you just reminded me, and that's another question I can ask now because it's changed. How excited are you on this that same scale before that the Challenge Cup is now not starting full blast at the beginning of the season and is now is it I, I talked to Andy about it, I talked to all the players about it, and they're yeah. like, It's great, we love it. And it was very much like a like a hostage video. I, like, I understand, you gotta say what you gotta say. And yeah. it makes sense. But like this this makes some more sense, I feel like, to to, yeah. to fans and everybody else. I I assume yourself too. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it'll help a lot with injuries throughout because there was kind of a lot of injuries throughout the challenge cup and then into the beginning half of the season, especially for our team, because I feel like with how many games we were playing in such little time. So I'm really excited to be able to just ease into it this year. It was a meat grinder. It was, it was the people I remember fans of other teams were like, we have a lot of games to play too. I'm like, you guys have to look at the math here. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're not just biased because we pay attention to spirit games. Seriously. The it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not equitable. And last question is, have you had a chance to catch up or speak uh, with coach Parsons sort of about his, his aims and sort of as, as he told you what he's thought about, you know, how he sees you on, on a team that he's putting together. Yeah, we've had um, a good conversation after, like probably two weeks after he was hired. So um, I was really excited to talk to him and see where his head was out for the next season and like going forward with myself and the team. So I'm really excited to finally get out there and meet him in D.C. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for some continuity for you guys and maybe, you know, a couple years in a row of all the same people. I think that'll, yeah. I think that'll be great for everybody. Tara, thank you so much. If you want to find her on social media, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter. I think you're probably more active on Instagram. Would that be yeah? That be fair. Yeah. What's your What's your account? Uh, Tara with three A's at the end. McKeown. Easy. Yeah. Everybody, first first one. I think she's verified though, so you'll see her at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everybody else, thank you for listening. If you're a Patreon, you will hear this episode before the end of the year. Uh, if you're hearing this in 2023 and you want and you wish, man, I wish I could have heard this around Christmas then patreon.com slash RFK refugees is the move for you. Uh, Tara, again, thank you so much for taking the time and everybody else. We will talk to you uh, in 2023. Vamos.